Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Jamer K podcast. From here on out, I think we're going to start to do things a little different. I'm going to hit you guys with a little solo intro and then jump in to the actual conversation. I felt like every episode kind of started the same with me kind of asking the guests to introduce themselves, which was kind of redundant. You guys already knew who it was based off the title going into the episode. So instead of forcing my guests to do um, intros, I just wanted to keep it more natural, free flowing. So we just jumped right into the conversation. No weird intros. So from now on, it's just going to be me doing them solo and i hope that's a cool change of pace i think i may have done this once or twice before in the past and if i'm going to be honest i got real lazy because it's just more work that i have to do on the back end which i get really lazy and the thought of more work on top of the shit ton of work that i have to do already just scares me and it makes me lazy i I literally just want to lay down do nothing maybe watch john wick one and two shout out to john wick but going forward this is how it's going to be this week on the podcast we travel to richmond an awesome place that i've never been to but i'll go there one day eventually hopefully we have jamie davis who plays drums for outsider and i was really excited to have him on just because through the podcast we became friends and I can't remember which episode it was, but put out an episode. There's a lot of them, so I get lost. But we became friends, and we would talk here and there and find out we had like a lot of things in common. And it turns out this is just um, one friendship that is built through the podcast. So this was a special one for me. I was happy to have him on and be able to talk about his band. And you can listen to us nerd out about Newfound Glory for a huge chunk of the podcast and just talk about... Uh, ton of awesome things so thank you guys again for tuning in and i really appreciate all of you forever and just enjoy the conversation thank you How's it going? Not bad. How you doing? Uh, you know, it's Friday, and I'm actually pretty excited that we're finally doing this because I feel like um, we talked about it like it was almost a month ago. I feel like yeah, it's been a little bit now. It's crazy because when I started this, I would literally try to book the guest um, like a week in advance and. Um, I figured that was like a a sufficient amount of time, but now I've gotten to the point where I have to book out like the entire month, like ahead of time. So, um, I always get like the point where I'm booking, I'm like, okay, this is like super exciting. Like, you know, I'm actually, uh, getting people to agree to come on, which is really cool. But then it's like, I have to kind of wait out the time because this is like, um, still fairly new to me doing it this way. So the fact that we've made it 
to you finally being on the podcast. I, I feel like it's, um, you know, pretty cool and it's been like a long time coming. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, seems like you're growing at a pretty steady rate. So makes sense that you got to start booking a little out. Yeah. And I honestly do most of this by myself. Like I have a little bit of help behind the scenes. Um, shout out to the people who helped me out, but, um, I, never wanted to like shove this down anybody's throat. So I'm not like constantly posting it. Like I literally only post about the podcast when I'm about to drop a new episode. And other than that, um, I just kind of let it simmer, um, until the next episode because I just don't want to, you know, just try to throw it in people's face because I don't want to try to force people to listen. I figured if um, people are, are into it, they'll find it and just listen to it on their own time. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. So want to get into um, uh, your situation over in Richmond. Um, you play in a band called Outsider. Yes, I play drums. So can you um, talk about how um, the band came together and um, how you, uh, how this all fits into like the Richmond scene? Uh, it kind of came together because, uh, me and the singer of Outsider were in a band prior together. And, uh, ever since that band just kind of fell apart and just stopped being a band, essentially, we'd wanted to get something else going. And then, uh, we linked up with a friend of ours who played guitar and I mean, from there, we just, the three of us wrote the demo the three of us recorded it all and that's pretty much it that's how it came together and then whatever it is now we've got like a few different members in the band who didn't help write the demo or anything like that we've got new members old members aren't in the band anymore so what was the band um, you and the singer were in before Outsider (laughs) we were in a band together called Cold Touch Okay, and that just kind of like fizzles out over time. Yeah, other members just started forming different bands, and I don't know, it just kind of fell apart. Okay, I, I guess that tends to happen if like people tend to spread themselves too thin. They just kind of like forget about certain things. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, it's all it's all for the best now. A bunch of a bunch of cool bands that spawn since then out of that band so probably for the best i first heard about outsider um man i want to say it was maybe it feels like longer than a year ago but i can't really remember um i was uh well i'm still a fan of that band um watchdogs and i think you guys did a couple shows together yeah they're really good friends of ours we just did a weekend together like I don't know, a few weeks back, we hit Jersey. Uh, uh, we were Jersey, Buffalo, and Binghampton. Okay. It's a quick little weekend. That's awesome. I was always curious about your guys' logo. Um, it's uh, There's a heart for the O and a dollar sign for the S. Is there like any particular reason you guys have it laid out that way? Uh, 
I honestly couldn't tell you anything about that. That was kind of kind of like the dude who sings for us. It was kind of like his thing, and we're not even using that anymore. I think we all just kind of realized it. I don't know. It just doesn't really look that good. So we changed it. We've got like a new thing that we're about to start rolling with instead. Okay. Honestly, I thought it was um, pretty interesting. It stood out to me because I never, um, you know, obviously never seen it like that before. So I was always curious if it was, or if it had some like deeper meaning. I'm sure there's probably some, I'm sure he had an idea for what it meant to him. Like when it was, when the idea came to, but I mean, it doesn't really mean I don't have any attachment to it, so I couldn't really speak on it too much. Have you guys um, posted the new logo that you're going to be using from now on? Uh, yeah, the, uh, the flyer that we recently posted for our May shows. Okay. The, with with the purple font. Yeah. That's essentially what it's going to be. Maybe different colors or something like that, but that's pretty much what it's going to look like. Okay. Um, how was, uh, that run? I, I I know you guys still have one more show left on it, but, um, for the most part, you guys have done most of it. Yeah. Everything went very well. Like we did, uh, we did a couple shows by ourselves and then we played two shows with, um, Vamakara and Chamber and those shows were very well and then we played a show in Richmond the other day with uh, Lower Species and Fixation and that was cool it was a cool little Wednesday night show um, the other show that was on the flyer is the No Warning show which isn't actually happening anymore I guess the plans just fell through and I don't know. That show is just not happening anymore. Uh, so the, the whole show just got canned. It was never because there's that tour that started yesterday. It's the uh, No Warning, Blind Justice, Division of Mind, Never Any Game tour. Uh-huh. Uh, it it was originally scheduled for four days, and I guess they were going to try and do an off day after in Baltimore with No Warning and. I don't know. I guess it just fell apart. Okay. So then I guess the May run is over then. Yeah. So we're pretty much done with everything right now. We don't really have any shows lined up until like the end of summer. Wow. That's actually a pretty long time now that I'm thinking about it. Um, why are you guys taking such a long time off? Uh, I don't think it's really intentional. We just, Right now, we don't have anything. Something might pop up here or there, but as of now, the only things that we have booked are for like the beginning of August. And probably a little bit to do with we finally got our seven inch done recording and uh, we're just waiting to roll that out and everything. So I was actually going to um, bring that up. I saw. Um you posted like an image of all the the tracks. Um, I was just curious when um, do you guys plan to put that out? We don't have 
like an official date that we're putting anything out yet. I would assume, by the way, it's looking, we'll probably have it out in, I'd say like early to mid-July, and maybe within the next few weeks or so, we'll probably be dropping a song or two off of it. Hell yeah. Uh, is there, um, I'm trying to think from memory. I, I can't remember how many tracks there were. Were there like, I, I, I go ahead. There's five tracks on it. Okay. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I, I think that'd be cool to, you know, have a song or two, um, to hold us over until the actual release. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's been, I mean, I'm pretty eager to put something out. It's been like over a year and a half now since the demo, so I'm ready to put something out. Yeah, I, I think it's cool that you guys are, um, you know, I feel like a year is a good amount of time to let the demo settle. Um, so it's cool that you guys are actually, you know, continuing with the band and putting out um, new material because there's always those weird situations where bands will come out with like a you know, decent demo um, and then things will just fall apart because of life or whatever. Um, so it's cool to see that you guys are actual are actually able to stick it out and um, produce new music. Oh yeah, for sure. We've been working on the seven inch, like probably shortly since the demo came out, we've been writing the songs for a while and uh yeah, we've been just trying to play as much as we can off the demo, and I think we've done a pretty good job with that. And, uh, yeah, now it's time to get the 7-inch rolled out and see how that goes. Do you guys play any of the newer songs? On this last run, we played three new songs, and prior to that, uh, one of the songs that we've been playing it was originally supposed to be a demo song that we kind of just we kind of just scrapped it and pushed it aside for a little while, and then we just tweaked it a little bit, and we've been playing that. I mean, since the demo came out, really. Okay, man, I'm just thinking about it. Uh, so you guys played three new songs. That's like more than half the seven inch coming out. Um, what songs do you still play off of the demo? Off the demo, we're still playing False Needs and No Days Darker. Okay. That's a pretty uh, good choice. Solid uh, set list. Yeah, for sure. So you, you said um, you guys have been working on the 7-inch since um, basically after the demo um, came out. Do you guys have any other songs that you're sitting on since the process has um, you know been so long? Uh, not really right now. We've kind of just been, we've had like a couple members like cycle in and out. And I think we finally have like a solid lineup. So right now we've just been trying to make sure that everybody's on the same page. We're all playing the songs as tight as we can and, that's about it. We might have some riffs floating around here or there, but we don't have any like concrete songs. Okay. Cause I always imagine, um, and even sometimes w w with this podcast, like I'll record a couple, um, it, like, you know, more than one in a day and just kind of sit on them. Like, 
not for too long. Like at the most, I think I've sat on a podcast for like maybe like I think the longest was like two weeks. Um, but most of the yeah. stuff is like time sensitive. So I, I just try to like to get things out as soon as possible. But, um, I, I just kind of like picture like, um, you know, like rappers, like always in the studio, like always recording and, um, them just having like this random, like library of like unreleased songs. Yeah. I mean, if it were up to me, then I mean, granted, I don't want to, I don't want to rush anything and put any bad songs out, but I mean, if it were up to me, I'd like to have a little more. Output digitally, at least, you know. Just it seems like things just move so fast nowadays. You gotta like, you just gotta keep producing music, getting stuff out there to stay relevant. That, or you just gotta hit the road really hard. Yeah, I I definitely get that because doing this podcast, I I try to um, you know get bands on that I'm really into, but then also I'm always on the lookout for um cool new music and i i feel like like always on twitter people are like um yo check out the new demo from so-and-so or like you know new song dropping here and sometimes it gets like a little overwhelming because i'm just like shit like i don't even have time to like enjoy and like soak up like the cool shit that came out last week now i'm hit, like being hit with like a wave of new shit this week so sometimes i feel like um i like need a break so i can have a chance to like catch up you know yeah, it's hard to keep up with the amount of stuff that's like constantly coming out week after week, whatever. It's just, it's crazy. Have you had a chance to listen to that new Wildside record? I have not listened to the new Wildside record. I've heard that it's very good, and I'm actually probably going to check it out sometime today. For sure. I highly recommend it. Like, I like that record so much. And I've only seen them one time. And I think it might have been like almost two years ago. Um, they came to Fullerton with like Mill Spec. It, it was a while ago. But I, so like last year, went to Sand and Fury, um, did, uh, I think I just did one after show. I can't remember. But the after show that, that I went to, I hated my life. I was sitting in a bar like until like two in the morning. Um, and the after show, I, I think originally it was supposed to be like three bands and then I think three bands got added. So it was like a normal show. And I was like, so exhausted because I had, you know, experienced the fest and right after drove to the bar across town to wait to see all the bands. And at that point I just wanted to see, um, eco strike, um, because, I love that band so much and they weren't going on to like almost like one thirty in the morning. And I remember sitting there with like all the normal bar people and I was over it. I was like, I can't believe I'm here. I'd rather be in bed. Like seeing them earlier was awesome, but I don't think it's worth it to stay up this late, especially like being so tired and I have like a really weird sleep schedule. So I vowed to never go to another after show because I didn't want to experience um, that feeling again and Wildside put out their new record and I was like, shit, I have to see them at the Triple B after show in the basement of the Belasco Theater. So um, I highly recommend you check out that album because it's like super good. Yeah, for sure. I'll probably check it out today at some point, like I said. All right. Do you have any experiences with going to really late after shows? Are, are you a fan of them? 
I'm not really so much of a fan of them anymore. Uh, back in probably around like 2010, 2011, there was a there was a uh, the first iteration of this venue called the Warehouse. Um, we used to have like there used to be midnight shows all the time. I remember, uh, I guess Terror was on tour with, uh, they were doing a tour with like the Acacia Strain or something. Okay. And it played up in Northern Virginia. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not really sure how it came to be, but, uh, there was already a show going on at the warehouse that night. And I'm, I'm not, my memory is a little fuzzy. I can't really remember what it was, but I remember that terror ended up driving from Northern Virginia to Richmond that evening and probably set up around 1230 or so, one o'clock maybe, and played like a full set. It was cool. Stuff like that used to happen all the time at the old warehouse. Like I remember seeing a cruel hand backtrack midnight show after they had played a show at the beach. A lot of stuff like that. I think like the most recent, late night show that I've really been to was probably uh Cromax played here a couple of years ago and they probably went on at like one o'clock and I was beat. I don't I don't know how people had the energy. Yeah, that's pretty wild to have a start time that late. It it's so crazy. Once again, um that just reminds me of like going to rap shows. Um I there's like a local venue called the observatory and uh sometimes like rappers that i'm into will uh, roll through and the show will start at like seven or eight but they'll just have like a million openers and they won't go on till like one or two in the morning and it's so crazy to me that people actually show up and stick through the entire show like I never wanted to do that. So like I would literally just stay home and show up right before the rapper that I wanted to see went on because those shows are just, um, it's not really my crowd a bunch of, um, you know, people smoking weed, um, and just a lot of music that I'm not very fond of. So I like to just kind of get in and get out. So uh, especially when, um, the, like the set is like happening that late. Yeah, for sure. I don't, I mean, I don't have a whole lot of experience going to rap shows, but like, I understand what you mean. I can't really, I'm pretty good at not putting myself in environments that I don't want to be in. And especially, I mean, even if there's like bands, like a mixed bill playing and stuff like that, if there's like something that I want to see and I don't know, I know there's going to be like a lot of, a lot of mixed people there, like crowds that I don't really vibe with and, I'm just not going to go. I don't, I don't really, I'm not too concerned about it. I'm not trying to be out super late to see like some mediocre set when I'm just going to be tired as hell the next day. What's your ideal crowd? Ideal crowd is probably, I mean, it just depends on the show. Like, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm pretty comfortable being around like hardcore kids and stuff like that. So, Probably, I would probably say that that's about it. If I could go to like, if I could replace 
I don't know, I feel like I feel like I'm a little too old to vibe with a lot of the other type of music that I listen to. I go there and I just feel like a bunch of little girls running around and I don't know. It's just I feel weird sometimes. Wait, how old are you? I'm twenty six. I'm not like old by any means, but Okay. You you almost got me excited. When you said old, I was thinking you're gonna be around my age. I'm I'm old. How old are you? Thirty. Nah, you're not old. Sound it just sounds old to me. I, I hate saying it, but um, uh, what kind of um, you, you talk about? You feel um, you know, weird with all the little girls and uh, just old at those uh, or old in that like scene in those shows like what kind of music are you talking about uh i'm pretty into i've always been into like i don't know like softer more melodic music so i mean i'm into like i guess what some people would call pop punk and i'm into like emo and stuff like that so okay. whenever i go to those shows i kind of just uh i kind of just chill by myself and I'll just like watch from afar and smile my own business. Okay. Let me tell you about this time uh, that I went to a show in LA. Have you ever heard of um, this pop singer? Her name's Halsey. Yes. Okay. So I was a huge fan of Halsey. Um, I'll, I'll give a little backstory. And I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast. So for everybody listening, here's a cool news story. Um, I was really um, into the singer called um, Ellie Goulding. And this is way back when I had Spotify for the first time. And they suggested Halsey as a similar artist. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like I'm down to check out new music, listen to her stuff. And I was like super into it. I was like, oh, this is way better than Ellie Goulding. Like I vibe with this like way more. So I was like super into it. And I noticed that she was actually um, playing a show at the observatory. Um, so I saw her in the small room at the, uh, the observatory. So for everybody that knows that venue and knows Halsey, I saw her in the small room, which was crazy. Probably one of the weirdest experiences ever, but fast forward, she gets bigger and she's putting out her, um, her first full length record, Badlands. And, um, she's like really, um, hip and wanted to go all out since like it was her first record. And so she did this, um, pop-up shop on Melrose. It was like a mock, um, booking agency. You're basically going there and getting like a mock flight booked to the Badlands. That happened on a Wednesday. Um, the show was going to be at a secret location that wasn't going to be announced until that Friday. <laughs> Excuse me. So Friday rolls around. I, I start working at like midnight so I could, I could get off on time um, from Orange County so I can shoot out to L.A. and get in line so I can get a decent spot at the venue. Um, and at that point, I didn't even know where it was because they hadn't announced it yet. But by the time I got off work, they dropped the address. It was some random warehouse in the arts district in L.A. And mind you, at the time I was, it was probably like almost, almost two and a half years ago. So if I'm 30, yeah, so I'm like 20, around 28 at the time. And 
I'm by myself. I, I, I pull up and there's like a long line and I'm not even kidding. Everybody there like was a teenager and there was like um, all these just random girls and everybody was just like looking at me weird because I'm just like this guy in like a hundred demons t-shirt covered in tattoos and um, I'm getting like the obvious questions like oh uh, did it hurt when you got your tattoos um, you know just by people who obviously don't understand the culture and I was just like this is really weird I um, feel weird being here but um, the music's awesome so I just have to stick it out <laughs> and I remember some girl's dad like came by and gave everybody like free pizza and he asked me to watch over everybody since I was the only adult there and I was like this is weird I was like I'm not watching your kids if anything happens um, it's not my fault um, and then I, I remember thinking about the fact that like at the time I'm pretty sure uh, Halsey was like 21 and I was like okay I kind of feel like a creeper I'm older than everybody I'm in line with I'm older than like the actual like artists performing I was like maybe I should should have just stayed home this is just like so awkward um but it was one of the, it's probably the best set I've ever seen her um play um she's like way too big now she does like arena tours so I'll never see her in that environment again but um I definitely know how you feel because I go to shows like that or pop punk shows because none of my friends like pop punk like I do. So, yeah, definitely go by myself. Definitely get the weird looks by, um, you know, like the hardcore adjacent people who are like familiar with like whatever shirt I'm wearing. It's awkward sometimes. Oh, yeah. Like I get that around here a little bit. Like if I go to uh, and the Halsley story, that sounds like. That sounds like a nightmare. That's like, that's everything that I don't want to experience when I go to those types of shows. And like, that's enough. Like that type of interaction with people is enough for me to just not go. Cause I just, I don't like talking. I don't want to talk about tattoos. That, I don't know, 16 year old girls and their dad. And I don't want to talk about any of that stuff. You know, I just want to, I just want to be left alone. Yeah. But like, definitely understand that. When I go, whenever there's a band that I actually want to go see that's like pop punk or whatever it is that people call that stuff, uh, yeah, it's weird. Like, there's like, there's like a lot of adjacent kids here that'll, like, I'll go there and I'll see them in some, like, I don't know, some shirt that they got off the internet, like a hardcore band t-shirt or something that, I don't know, it's weird. They go, I see him at these shows and I never see him at hardcore shows. And it's just, that's always awkward for me. I, I think the one thing that I hate about going to pop punk shows is I hate when, um, kids try to mosh like they're at a hardcore show. Yeah. That is like the dorkiest thing in the world. I can't, I've, I've, uh, I've been to show, and this was like after they stopped being like, I guess a pop punk band, like. I've seen like turnover play shows just playing songs off of like peripheral vision and kids like tried to mosh and stuff like that. It's, it's so cringy. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Like I'll just kind of stand in the back and just kind of pretend like I don't know what they're doing because granted want people to have their fun or whatever. But when there's like dudes out there who are trying to like be tough in the pit at the pop punk show that just grosses me out because like i'm not even kidding you like there's people that i've seen at 
pop punk shows down here that will mosh like super hard like it's the heaviest breakdown they've ever heard and they'll show up to a hardcore show and they won't even enter the pit because um you know they feel well maybe they feel uh not as tough because you know there's actual normal hardcore kids there and they don't um, have to pretend or they can't pretend like they know like that they're super tough and they can just like mosh on everybody you know yeah that's just a bad look that's just incredibly dorky if you ask me yeah i recently went to um coachella fest and i saw a turnstile and I went with my buddy Nate, shout out to Nate, um, and we were on stage and th there was like a ton of kids, um, you know, trying to stage dive. Um, there was like a pit and my buddy asked me because he, he, he knows about hardcore, but he's like more into like um, like crazy weird metal that I don't even know names of the bands that he listens to. But um, he asked me like why wasn't I like out there moshing or stage diving? And I just had to explain to him that this isn't um, the right place to do it because we were at um, a giant music festival. And I promise you there was probably like 90% of the kids in that pit that only knew of like turnstile because, um, or knew like newer turnstile, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So, and there was, it was just like a bunch of festival people too, like a lot of kids running on stage um, with their selfie cameras out and not even doing real stage dives. Like there was just one guy who got on stage and he got tripped and he fell over and like he looked like he was dying because he was so scared and he didn't know what was going on. And I just felt really bad for him. And I just had to explain to my buddy Nate. And I was like, I was like, none of these kids. Um, uh, have ever been to a real hardcore show. This is probably their first hardcore show. So I just got to let them do their thing and figure it out. Um, I'm a little more experienced and I just want to be up here and not get involved. Yeah, for sure. That's a, that's a weird environment to be moshing around on people and stuff. Yeah. Cause, cause I guarantee you if I would have gone in the pit and like moshed, people would have looked at me like an, like I was an asshole. Cause I would have been, and it sounds so dumb that I have to explain this, but like I would have been doing like real um, mosh moves instead of just like uh, the awkward push pit, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. So I was just like, I'm going to keep my moves to myself. I'm going to let you guys push each other around. I'm going to just enjoy the show. I'm just going to mind my business and just um, enjoy the live music and be glad that I'm not being like touched or rubbed on by these random Coachella kids. Yeah, for sure. I don't blame you. Um, what was the last pop punk show you went to? Uh, man. I don't know. It's probably been a while. I don't. I really don't go to that many because uh, I mean, I'm not really into like a whole lot of like bands that are doing it right now. Probably the last show that I went to was probably that uh big story so far tour that they recently just did with like citizen and movement. Okay. That was a good it's been tour. like a few months. Yeah, it was good. I'm trying to think. I can't remember the last pop-up show I went to. I don't even know like about any like newer bands. Cause I used to frequent random like pop punk, like blog spots and, 
you know, bands would get posted um, to get exposure and I would look for new bands to listen to. But um, it's been a long time since I actually went out of my way to try to find a newer pop punk band that I wanted to get into. Yeah, I'm not, I'm pretty content with just listening to the bands that I like, you know, I'm not really on the hunt for any of that stuff. I definitely get that because um, I just have like this weird playlist that I made on Spotify and it's seriously like the same pop punk bands I've been listening to like my entire life. Yeah, for sure. So you're a, a New Fan Glory fan? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a pretty big New Fan Glory fan. It's probably... Probably my favorite band, I would I would dare to say. Do you remember when you were first exposed to Newfound Glory? Uh yeah. Uh I have an older brother, so I kinda got exposed to them through him, like back when like uh Kazaa was a thing. Jesus. I remember hearing like the self titled <laughs> record, like when that came out, so whatever, like 2000 okay yeah i've been i've been listening to them for a really long time i just want to jump back to you bringing up kazaa were you an active kazaa user i was an active kazaa user the second i figured out that i could download music i was trying to download music all the time damn do you um was that the only uh program like that that you used were you ever into like napster limewire i used when limewire became a thing i definitely used limewire more than i used because i remember my mind was just blown that i could just search for like uh, like any artists and people would have like their stuff available to download it blew my yeah. mind i was like cds are pointless at this point if i could just open up this program do a quick search and get the music um pretty fast back then i was still on 56k so um it was it wasn't the fastest internet it was actually really slow but just that technology at the time just blew my mind and i was obsessed with it it was crazy like downloading just downloading like uh bands and songs and stuff like that and I feel like half the time it probably wasn't even the right track or like the right song title or anything like that. And you don't learn that until you actually see like a physical copy of whatever record it is you've been listening to. Yeah. A lot of the times I would get like troll files. So like it, it wouldn't even be like the actual like band or like song I was looking for, or I would get like uh, somebody would call the landline and I'd get kicked off the internet and it would just like ruin the whole downloading process. Yeah, it was the worst. Yeah, it was the old days of the internet, which is so crazy to think about now because the stuff that we have available to us as far as like streaming services, um, like Apple Music, Spotify. Um, saw somebody was actually using Tidal um, the other day, which kind of blew my mind. I really wanted to talk to that person and ask them why they chose Tidal over Spotify or Apple Music. Yeah. 
I don't know. Maybe there's like a huge uh, Jay Z fan. <laughs> maybe I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, like honestly, b- before I saw that screenshot, I never knew what the like interface of like title looked like. So it was just like so foreign to me when I was looking at it. I I don't even know. I don't even know what it is. Honestly, um, it's just some streaming service that Jay Z. I'm pretty sure Jay Z. Um, started to be competitive with um, the other streaming services to try to give back more to the artists because um, artists don't get paid as much as they probably should on these like streaming services. So he yeah. created he, he created that to try to um, be competitive in the market, and I don't think it really went that well. I, I think they got bought out by Sprint recently, if I re- remember correctly, um, but I'm not really sure how it's going. I don't think it's that good. I mean, respect for trying, I guess. Yeah, I, I feel like you can't really knock anybody for um, trying something new, even if they fail at it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, but let's bring it back to Newfound Glory. I uh, remember seeing um, Newfound Glory on MTV a- as a kid and thought it was cool, but the people that I was hanging out with at the time weren't really into that kind of music it was like more into like the commercial rap and like whatever else was on mtv so it never really paid too much attention to it and it wasn't until like around 2008 or 2009 i was um, hanging out with my buddy andrew and he put them on and I was like, Oh, this is crazy. I didn't really, um, remember this band was even around. So he put them on and it just, you know, resonated with me because I literally growing up, I I got into pop punk, but I just never tapped into newfound glory until my buddy Andrew put them on. And I became so obsessed and literally that's all I wanted to listen to. I like studied the discography and I had to have every record and, I listened to them so much in his car, um, my car, wherever we were at, um, to the point where he got sick of the band and hated Newfound Glory and never wanted to listen to them again, which I think is still weird to this day. But um, because of him, I'm like a huge fan. Yeah, for sure. I remember. Thanks. Like I said, I got into them through the self-titled in like 2000 whenever that came out and then six and stones i remember buying that when that came out in 2002 whenever it hit stores and everything and then after that i like kind of fell away from them for a little while and then probably in my i don't know probably as a later later teenager i got super into them again and backtracked on all the things that i missed and since then, I've just kept up with everything they've done. I've seen them a bunch of times. And I don't know. Overall, just in my opinion, uh, a perfect band. I can't name one of their records that I don't like. And that blows my mind that there's people out there who kind of gave up after Sticks and Stones since that was like, you know, like their big commercial record. They had like one of their biggest hits ever from that record. And. I try to explain to people like they have good stuff after six and stones and um, I always just get like the half ass like, Oh, I, I'll check it out eventually, but people never do. 
um, because I get it. Like it, it's so hard when a band's um, you know uh, catalog is that big. It, it's kind of like intimidating on where you should jump in. Um, but it's just crazy to me that people think of Newfound Glory just as like sticks and stones when there's like so much more to them. Yeah, I mean, even then having such such like a, I guess like a big discography at this point, like I don't, I don't think there's like any record that I wouldn't recommend somebody jumping into. I think they've, they've stayed pretty true to their sound since day one. I think like the most different record that they have is coming home. And like, that's, that's barely any different. It's just, I think all of their records are just a good starting point. I don't, I can't recommend a specific one, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, touching on coming home, it's it's like barely different from their sound. It's, it's probably just like a little more mellow, if anything. Yeah, it's just a little more chill, slows down a little bit. It's still good. That's my favorite record, though. So. Okay. I um, so I have friends who collect records, and um, it was something that I never got into. Um, but looking at friends, like different collections, I'm like, Oh, this is like pretty cool. Maybe like I'll get into it. And I remember jumping on the internet, trying to order newfound glories catalyst. Cause I wanted that to be like the first vinyl I ever owned. And I came to find out that they never pressed it at the time. And I'm not even sure if they would press it to this day, but um, because they didn't have um, Catalyst press on vinyl, I didn't collect records because I was so mad. I was like, if I can't have this on vinyl, I don't want to collect records. Yeah, I don't, I've never been like a big record guy. Uh, I've had like two different record collections and I've sold both of them for like very little amounts of money. But uh, yeah, I never owned any Newfound Glory records. I think the closest thing that I owned to a newfound glory record was like an international superheroes of hardcore record just because i thought it was funny okay hmm. i'm trying to think i think the i'm trying to think of the first time i saw newfound glory i think it was at a warp tour if i remember correctly warp tour uh the first time i saw them was probably i want to say i saw them on this random tour What's not, I mean, thinking about it now, it's, it's a crazy tour, but uh, I saw them with, they headlined too, it was, it was Newfound Glory, A Day to Remember, uh, Four Years Strong, Crime and Stereo, and International Superheroes of Hardcore. That's a pretty crazy tour. Yeah. Do you um do you remember what record um or what what their newest record was at that time? Uh, at the time, I want to say the newest record was. I mean, it probably I don't even it wasn't even a full record. I think it was probably around the time that the uh, little tip of the iceberg, I guess, record came out CD EP whatever you want to call it. Okay, is that the one that they put out on Bridge Nine? Yeah, it had like dig my own grave, and then it had like a lifetime cover and like a shelter cover on it. 
Yeah. At that time, um, they B nine put out a limited shirt, which I bought because I was um, uh, I was like, I have to have it. It's limited. Um, They did a H two O rip. It it just said um, NFG in the style of H two O. That's cool. Um, Man, did you see them when they did the um, twenty year tours? I did. I saw two of the shows. I went to I went to Philly to see them on my birthday, I want to say it was, and they played, uh, it was Coming Home, and it was Coming Home and Sticks and Stones, and then a few weeks later, they added some tour dates. They hit Richmond, and they played Sticks and Stones, and then they played the self-titled. Damn, that's awesome. I I saw, I can't remember. Okay, so they, they did two legs of the 20-year tour, and I remember they did two nights at the, the observatory out here in Orange County, and I remember I went to the first night, and I know for some reason, I can't remember why, but the second night um, happened, but I it was either like too tired. Cause like, I think I, I just had already seen the records they were playing the second night so many times that I just didn't want to go cause I had work or something. But I definitely remember I went to the first night, skipped the second night. And then when they came back around with the second leg of the tour, they played San Diego um, with uh, the Ataris, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, yeah. But when I saw them, the first 20 year leg, um, they, they played with this band from the UK um, called Trash Boat. Yeah, they played the they played the Philly show that I went to. OK, um, which the band uh, Trash Boat, they're cool. Um, but I remember I went um, to the merch area and it was so it was so awkward because um, New Fan Glory's merch line went in front of trash boats table and I was like, damn it. And I was like, I have to squeeze through here cause I want a trash boat shirt. Um, and I, I remember like shimming my way through and I got to the table and um, a couple guys from the band were there, but I remember the singer, he was wearing a half heart t-shirt and I was like, Oh, I like, I didn't realize you guys were like hardcore kids, but I was like, I guess I shouldn't be like surprised. And then um, I, I remember we talked about um, this band that was from out there called survival and um, what happened to them. But it was kind of funny. I was just like, remember thinking that I shouldn't have been surprised that dudes in a pop punk band like hardcore. Oh yeah, for sure. It's, it's all, it's like all related in some way or another, you know, all adjacent to each other. Yeah. I, I find it I find it like a little more strange whenever I like whenever I come across like a pop punk band or whatever and they just have no idea like what hardcore or anything even is at all. Uh, that's a little, that's more weird to me than like them actually being into it. I don't think I've ever encountered that that I know of. It's a little I don't know. It's stranger to me because to me it's all obviously it's two different scenes, but it's like you know they're adjacent enough. One aggressive, one's just 
melodic and fast and I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just think that way. Maybe because I am into both of them, I would just assume that there's everybody who, everybody has like the same ties with it as I do. And I guess that's just not the case. No, I, I, I don't think you're far off from that. Cause, um, I think there are some, uh, you know, ties that have been around for a long time, but I always, um, find it interesting that there's certain hardcore bands, um, that will cross over, like their fandom will cross over into the pop punk scene. Um, like I, I remember going to like a pop punk show and literally we're at a pop punk show and the whole room, everybody's wearing, expire merch backtrack t-shirts and i'm just like huh i was like that's so like like odd to me that the like that there's like particular bands that these kids will gravitate to and kind of ignore like the rest of the genre yeah that's that's kind of strange but like that's just i don't know that's just like the bands that that's just like the hardcore bands that like, you know, did some like out of genre stuff and they just pulled some kids that, you know, they liked the way they sounded on that tour, but didn't care enough to like dive any deeper. I always I found it funny when people would like re- refer to them as like, um, like Tumblr hardcore or uh, girlfriend hardcore because like those terms just never made sense to me. Um, yeah, I had a Tumblr, um, girlfriend listening to hardcore but i I don't know it just those um categories just i I always like um just didn't really make sense to me they they just sound funny yeah i'm not i'm not really too familiar with the girlfriend hardcore term but uh i do remember the tumblr hardcore thing being thrown around a lot yeah, which is weird because I don't know anybody that has a Tumblr these days. No, nah, I mean, I still have one, but I don't use it. Yeah, same here. Like, my Tumblr's there. You can go check it out if you guys want. You can go read all my sappy posts from when I was a kid. Um, but I remember that there's this point where um, I just, the, the content was just so weird because I, I like go through it and I just saw people like reblogging a reblog that's been reblogged a million times. And I'm like, I, I don't want to see this. I kind of came here to see like your guys's like original content. And then it was just um, such a mess. And I was like, all right, I was like, I got to get out of here. I got to step it up and get like a real website. So I, I graduated from having a Tumblr to my actual website, jmerk.com. You can go check that out, pick up some merch and check out the podcast. Maybe read a blog or two. Yeah. Gotta gotta hit gotta throw the plug in there. <laughs> uh yeah, it's so bad. Um I uh used to try to plug it all the time, but I've honestly I've gotten so lazy. I, I'm I'm the worst at promoting my own stuff. Like the merch is there. Um people always tell me it's cool and I'm like, all right, and I was like, if you think it's that cool, why don't you buy a t shirt? There'll be a discount code um, at some point. I, I just gotta create it. Um, but I, I definitely have like um, new new merch in the works. Um, shout out to John who's designing all the cool new stuff. So 
um, be patient and we'll come out with some new stuff. Shout out, John. Um, do you um, plan on seeing? Uh, I'm bringing this back to New Found Glory because that's literally um, all I was looking forward to talking to you about because um, I just love that band. Um, but do you plan on going to see them on their upcoming tour? Uh, what is the tour again? I remember seeing it getting announced, but I don't remember who's playing it. It's um, Real Friends. I want to say they're early November and some other band that I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, I'm going to probably pass on that because it's definitely not coming to Richmond. And the, I don't know, that's not, no diss to the other bands, but that's not really anything I feel like driving to. I get it. It's not my most favorite lineup. Um, I probably will not attend, um, as well, but I definitely understand uh, your point of view. Yeah, for sure. Uh, even their last tour, um, I don't even remember who they played with, but I was going to go with some friends and they didn't end up getting tickets because it sold out. And I was like, great. I was like, I don't want to stub hub a ticket for um, a, a, a package that I wasn't like the most fond of. So I remember I went across town um, to uh, there's like a hardcore show happening and there's a newer band um, playing called Control. And I remember I really wanted to see them. So I was like, oh, it's fine. Like I've seen Newfound Glory a million times. Like I'll just see them like at some point later in life. And I was at the hardcore show and um this guy that I used to be friends with, he um, texted me. He's like, Hey, I couldn't get an extra VIP bracelet for my girlfriend. So I'm not going to this show. Like, do you want my bracelet? And I was like, sure. Like I'll, I'll take it. I was like, I'm at the hardcore show right now. Like I have to meet you somewhere. So let's meet after I, I get to see the band that I'm into. And then I can go see new fan glory. And it was like super last minute. So like I saw control and then I had a rush cross town and I met him in like this parking garage and got his like VIP bracelet and saw Newfound Glory. It was crazy because it happened like all like within an hour because I, I literally planned on not going. Was that the, uh, do you know if that was the Newfound Glory and Bayside tour? I want to say yes. It, it was the last yeah, tour. I, so. I had tickets to go see that tour. Okay. In, uh, like Norfolk, Virginia, but yeah, I don't know. I woke up that day and I just did not feel like driving. So I just didn't go. How far is that drive? It's like not even that far. It's probably like an hour and a half or so. I just didn't want to go. I don't mind driving that far for a show. Um, but I always like, um, I always like think ahead and like worry about things that I probably shouldn't worry about, but like situations like that, I'll like, I'll like dread the drive home before I've even left for the show. Yeah. That was probably mostly what it was for me. I like, I didn't have anybody who wanted to go with me because none of my friends are really into that kind of stuff. And I mean, I didn't feel like going by myself. So I just stayed home and just, I don't know, probably did nothing at all. So, I don't really know if it was worth it, but. So, um, what do you normally do in Richmond 
there's no show going on. Um, you're off of work. Um, what do you normally do? No show going on off of work. Uh, I'm pretty into like rock climbing. So I do that a lot. I go to like uh, this rock climbing gym. That's like right near my house. Okay. Um, damn. So do you like, are you like so into it that you actually like go to the gym to train like your upper body strength for rock climbing? Yeah, essentially. That's like what I'm doing right now. I've been going, I haven't really been into it too long, probably like almost a year or so, but like, yeah, that's essentially what I do. I just go to the gym and I'm probably going to end up taking some trips this summer, start climbing outside a little bit. Hell yeah, that's sick. Uh, have you ever seen that documentary Solo or Free Solo? Free Solo? Yeah, that's what I'm going to go do. I'm just going to go Free Solo stuff. Are you serious or are you, are you kidding? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> okay, but you have seen the documentary. Yeah, I've seen it. Okay. Um, I, so I first heard of that guy, Alex, um, on Joe Rogan's podcast. And I was like, okay, this guy's crazy. He's like pretty interesting. And I'm pretty sure he was on it twice. And then that documentary came out and I watched it, um, on my most recent trip to Florida. And I I thought it was just so crazy. Just like the, um, the places that he goes and like free solos. It's so insane to me. Yeah. He's a, he's insane. He's probably like a sociopath or something. I think it's sick. How'd you get into um, rock climbing? Yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even really know it was a thing really until probably like a year ago or so. My girlfriend, she actually got me into it. She's been doing it for a little while and, uh, I don't know. She just took me to the gym with her one day and I just kind of got hooked. Luckily I had other friends who were into it. So right off the bat, like I didn't really have to spend any money on like shoes or any of that kind of shit. My friends just kind of hooked me up. And is that the same as like bouldering or is that like a different style of like climbing? Bouldering, bouldering is like a different discipline. I mean, it falls under the umbrella of climbing. Bouldering is more like shorter routes, more difficult moves. And then obviously you've got like actual like people climbing up cliffs and shit like that. I'm more into bouldering. That's mainly what I do. Okay. Um, cause I used to have some friends that used to hit up this indoor spot and they'd always ask me to go. Um, but I, tend to be really tired after work. So it's like really hard to get me to do anything that I don't really want to do. Um, so I, I never went with them, but they would always talk about it and I'd watch like, you know, they would film like videos of themselves, um, doing it and it looked cool, but I just never went with them. You should do it. It's fun. I'm down to check it out. I, I got a, um, I have like new friends now that was like, a long time ago gotta see if um i can get some people to go try it out with yeah it's worth it i mean it's you know it's fun it's a workout you know it's a little more stimulating than i mean as far as upper body strength goes you know it's a little more stimulating than going and like lifting weights and shit like that 
I used to go on like random hikes around Southern California with my friends and we were, I can't remember the name of the hike, but we got to this waterfall and there was like a rope to get up to like the second tier because there was like a, another waterfall and like a different spot to jump off of. And it was the first time in my life where I had to learn to use just my upper body to climb up this rope and not use my legs because I'd never been in that situation before. And I remember I was like going up the wall and I had my, I was wearing like authentic like vans <laughs> doing this stupid hike. And I was um, going up the, the waterfall and I, and I was like, you know, putting a lot of weight on my feet. So I was just kind of like walking up it and it got to the point where the wall was like super slick obviously because it's like super wet and my feet slipped out from under me and i went crashing into the rock wall and there was it was like a public um you know hiking trail so there was a ton of people watching and i remember i had to pretend that it didn't hurt but inside i wanted to cry so bad because i literally smashed both my knees into this rock wall and it hurt and my buddy um, who's at the top, he was like, dude, he's like, you, you got to just like use your upper body. He's like, don't like, you know, um, put all your weight on your feet. And I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> so he had to sit um, like, and disrupt the flow of the waterfall so the wall wouldn't be so slick so I could make it up the wall. It, it was so embarrassing. It sucked so bad. Should have went bouldering with your friends, man. I know. I, I feel like you in that to, you to do it. In that situation, I was like, man, I was like, if I would have gone and learned how to actual like, you know, climb without using like my legs, it would have been a whole different outcome. But man, it hurts so bad. Yeah, I bet. Have you ever had any like crazy accidents while bouldering? Uh I haven't had any like I haven't had any like crazy slams or anything. I've probably taken like one, like kind of scary slam, but I mean, in the gym, it's not really that scary. You've got pads below you and everything. But yeah. uh, I like, I like messed my shoulder up recently. So I like, I was out for probably like three weeks or so. I couldn't do anything. I like messed my arm and my shoulder up pretty bad. But other than that, like, no, I haven't really been in too many dangerous situations with it yet. When you hurt your shoulder, was that inside the gym or outside? It was inside the gym. It was just like over usage. I probably like tore a muscle or some shit. I don't know. Just overusing it. Before you start bouldering, do you like stretch and warm up or do you just kind of go right into it? Oh, I like probably when I first started doing it, I just went head first. I would just toss my shoes on and just start climbing shit. And then, uh, no, I can't. I can't do that. My body just hurts all of the time anyways, even like before rock climbing. So I just, I realized I probably just needed to start stretching and stuff. So I went out and I like bought my own foam roller. And before I go to the gym, I like foam roll my entire body. And then when I get to the gym, I still do like more stretches and everything. So It's so crazy how those foam rollers actually work. I used to go to this, um, like my buddy used to um, have these like weird roommates who are like really into like yoga and going to the gym and they would have their stuff downstairs. And 
I just remember grabbing it one day and just using it and it just blowing my mind at like how well it actually worked. And I didn't realize I had all these like weird, like knots and stuff like in my back. Oh yeah. They're cool. I'm going to, I'm going to start bringing mine on tour with me whenever we start playing shows so I can just bone roll before every show. Do you um, do any kind of stretching or warm ups before you play? Uh, I like stretch my arms and my legs a little bit, but that's about it. I like, I don't bring like a drum pad or anything with me to like practice on. I usually just kind of set up and start playing. You're pretty experienced behind the kit, so you don't need to warm up with any weird drills. I wish that was the case. I probably should be a lot better at the drums than I am, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm all right. Why do you I'm say that? Here and there, I just don't. I don't. Aside from like being in the band, like I don't really get to. I don't really actually play the drums that much. That's interesting. <laughs> How did you manage to get into a band if you don't really play the drums outside of being in the band? Uh, I don't know. I've played drums for a long time. I I got my first drum set when I was like, I don't know, like 10. Okay. So, I mean, I've played drums for a long time, but I don't know. I haven't had my own drum set and forever. I have like, I have my breakable stuff. Like I have cymbals, I have a snare, and I have like a kick pedal. And we all, at the practice spot that we all practice at here, there's a practice kit, so I mean, as long as I get to go to the practice spot, I'm pretty much good. Do you have to like tune the toms that they have there, or do you just kind of just beat on them? Uh, out of every band that cycled in and out of there playing, somebody probably tunes it up here and there. It's definitely not me. I hate tuning the drum. Damn. So w- when you go on tour, I'm. Um, is there just, are you just like, I'm um, using somebody else's uh, kit or, um, how does that work? Yeah. I mean, typically we just try and find, which I feel like it's pretty standard unless you're like, a fucking, unless you're like a really big band, I feel like it's pretty standard to just have a show backline with like a drum set now. But anytime that any show that I've ever played, it's been backline, any tour I've gone on with my friends, Shows have been backlined, so pretty much how it works with yeah. us, at least. Man, now I'm trying to think about that because I, I guess I don't really pay that much attention when you know the, the bands finish. I'm not really focusing on like what they're breaking down and who's setting up what because I'm not like super into gear because I, I I don't know how to play anything. Um, but now, all right, that's interesting. I I, I got to pay attention. I'm going to a show on Monday, so I'm going to see how they do it. Yeah. I mean, if it's not like a big show, whoever's playing the drums is probably just going to like switch their cymbals and their heads or like switch the cymbals and like their snare drum out or something like that. Okay. All right. Interesting. Do you ever plan on um, upgrading to a full kit or are you just good with the current situation? Uh, on the off chance that I'm not poor one day, maybe I'll buy a drum set, but, uh, I don't know how long that's going to take me. Okay. We got to, um, do you, uh, have you heard of that band from, uh, New York, um, war by other means? 
Yeah, I have. Okay. Um, by any chance, do you know the bass player, Ron? Yeah. Uh, I met Ron when we played Buffalo. I mean, whatever that was, like a month ago. He's a, he's a nice dude. Yeah, he he doesn't own a base. He doesn't have any equipment. Yeah, I listen. I listened to that. Uh, I listened to that episode, and that was shocking to hear because I think he played like two sets. That uh, maybe uh, maybe maybe he played one, but he played a uh, he played that show that we played up there, and I mean, fooled me. I thought it was all his gear, so. Okay, so hearing him not having an equipment and then you not having a full kit, I'm beginning to think that it might be possible for me to join a hardcore band with no equipment. Just do it. You don't need anything. You just borrow shit. It's fine. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to um, uh, put the word out. I'm going to start um, talking to the locals, see who wants to start a band with me, even though I don't have any um, guitar, bass, or drums. Um, we'll figure it out. That's what I'll tell him. Yep. Figure it out. I'll go on tour and play ton, like a ton of cool shows. Give it a shot. Wanted to ask you about that um, lower species uh, show that you guys played. Um, how's the, the turnout for that? It was a pretty decent turnout. Uh, it was probably... I don't know. The the show was literally in like a living room, so it doesn't. I mean, if fifteen people showed up, it was going to be packed, you know. But there's probably like I don't know, twenty five, thirty people there, or something like that. Maybe it was cool. It was a cool little small did you, show. I guess. Did you stay for lower species? Yeah, I watched them. I think it's crazy that. Um, they're a band from the Pacific Northwest, uh, like a scene that's not as thriving as it used to be. Bands don't really tour to that part of the country, but somehow they managed to book a full U.S. tour, play a ton of cool shows, put out solid music. Um, it, it just blows my mind Like when I think about that band and what they're doing right now. Yeah, I mean, going on a full U.S. like nowadays is like, unless you're a big band, like that's like, that's unheard of. I was talking to the drummer and uh, prior to the full U.S. that he did with Lower Species, before that he was on tour with another band for like two weeks or something like that. So, I mean, he hasn't been home for like two months. Yeah, the thing about um, like, bands that uh tour it, it's way more rare these days um to see bands get like a package together and tour the entire country because now like i'm finding bands are just doing like things like regionally or doing like a weekend here or there um but not too many full u.s tours going on these days like the only ones that I, that come to mind um the lore species one um knock loose and coming up uh culture abuse but other than that like i don't know if i'm missing anything um oh shout out one step closer um anxious they just announced uh, a tour today but uh, like like those guys are like uh, like newer bands and i'm like that's awesome but when i think of like the bigger picture there's not a 
like a good chunk of people doing full US tours these days. No, I feel like the standard is probably I feel like the standard is probably like two weeks or something. Maybe you'll have a couple bands doing three weeks here or there. But I mean the longest tour I've ever been on, I didn't even play, so I don't know. What tour was that? What'd you do? Were you like a merch guy or something? Yeah. Uh this past last summer I went on tour with my friends and watchdogs. I toured out west with them. Oh, that's awesome. Um, do they, they still had their old singer on that tour, right? Or was it the new one by then? That's when they still had the old singer. Okay. Damn. You were on that tour? That's crazy. Yeah, I was there. It was cool. Came through, uh, I think we hit, we were in San Diego. We played the Shea Cafe, played a spot in LA, and then uh, played Santa Cruz. Yeah, the only I remember um, th- they played um, Van Nuys, this venue that's not there yeah. anymore. Okay, so that was the one you were at. Yep, it's crazy. We probably crossed paths and didn't even know it. Probably. What other band was on that tour? Because I'm drawing a blank. Um, for most of it, it was Watchdogs, and then when we hit Portland. They linked up with uh, Dying Wish. Okay. Yeah, so Dying Wish did, obviously they did the Portland show, and then they did the three California shows. Man. I've been to one show in Portland, and it was a, it's so random. I I went to visit a buddy who uh, lives in Portland, and his roommate, she was really into ska, and he was supposed to have like the whole time that I was there off from work, but he randomly had to work this one night and I was like, all right, whatever. I'll just like stay at your house. But his roommate was like, Oh, like come with me to the ska show. So you, you won't be bored at home. And I was like, sure. Like I'm not really into ska. Um, I've never heard of any of these bands, but I'll go. Um, I'm down to like experience new stuff. And I was like definitely out of my element. Um, didn't, like feel like I was a part of anything that night except um after the the, the uh, headlining band it was this band called the slackers they finished and I was like trying to make my way out of the venue and I saw some random kid in a um it was a harm's way hoodie it was the Chicago Bulls like logo rip and I was like hey I was like you're a hardcore kid like what's up and he was weird. He, he didn't want to talk to me. Um, but I, I remember just getting so excited because um, I was in Portland and I didn't think hardcore existed out there at that time. Um, but I was dead wrong. Yeah. I mean, the show that the show that was going on when I was there was cool. There's a lot of people. That's awesome. Did you guys, or do you remember if you guys did anything cool in Portland or do you guys just kind of just drive up, play the show and like leave? Uh, we, what did we do? We ate some, I can't, I've looked up the name of this place like five times and I forget it every time, but we had this really good, uh, like vegan barbecue spot. Okay. And then walked around and we got downtown, got some coffee. This place called Deadstock Coffee is really good. Then we just walked around. Cool. Real quick. Are you vegan? 
Yes. Okay. Oh, that's so dumb. Why am I asking that? We we talked about vegan cheese. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Just drew blank there, but then all came back to me. Never mind. I I remember now. You're vegan. Okay. So that's it. You guys just like walked around downtown. Yeah, just walked around. Went to some like market, and that's pretty much it. Out of all the places that you've been to on tour, uh, would you ever leave Richmond or um, would you want to move somewhere else? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would be down to, I would be down to move away for at least like a year or something just to, just to get away and experience something new. But, uh, at the same time, I don't know. I'm fine where I'm at. I love Richmond. I don't have any. I don't have any major complaints. Have you lived there your whole life? Yeah, for the most part. I uh, I grew up in this place called Colonial Heights, which is like 20 minutes south of Richmond. So I, I mean, I'll typically tell people I'm from Richmond because obviously it's like the major city that's closest to me. You know. Okay, for sure. And uh, I lived in Roanoke, Virginia for like a couple years, which is like the southwest part of the state. Okay. I used to listen to this band. Um, they're like a Christian hardcore band um, from like back in the day. It was like, I want to say like it was like the early 2000s. Um, this band called 1033. Have you ever heard of them? Yeah. Were you ever into that band, or did you ever see them like in your time out there? Uh, I think they probably broke up before I was really like going to hardcore shows. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they were cool for what they were during that time period. You know, I thought they were a good band. Yeah. I wasn't. I was never too big into like the Christian hardcore stuff. I could like, I mean, I think my extent with that is like, I think bloody Sunday stick, but that's about it. I feel like there was like a weird time period where they had a bunch of good bands and then they all just like disappeared. I don't, I, I honestly can't name one um, good like Christian hardcore band that's like current and active. I, I think I think with like the current state of hardcore I think if a Christian hardcore band came out people would I don't know they would be cancelled damn you think can you imagine hardcore getting like anti-religious not letting the Christians get big God. Damn. I'm sure there's somebody out there I'm sure there are people out there who will fucking boycott a band for the religious beliefs. I don't give a shit. I think it's whatever, but I'm sure there's somebody out there who would make a big deal about it. Dude, we're going to get canceled because of this podcast. Cancel me, please. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, honestly, um, I, I've never really got into like that or like the mob mentality on Twitter people like freaking out obviously like i've seen some like injustices or whatever but 
if it's not business that I'm involved with or having to do with me, like I just try to stay in my own lane. I don't want to, you know, jump in and give my opinion on something that has nothing to do with me. So I just kind of let it all play out and just, just do me. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I think nine times out of 10, like all of that internet shit is mad corny and all those people are just barking, no bite. They just hide behind their computers. They're safe in numbers. They have all these other internet people coming to the rescue. And I don't know. I think that's just whack and real hardcore kids. Just that shit just goes over their heads. I don't, I don't, I try not to pay attention to that stuff. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect my friends. So fuck it. They can live on the internet if they want to. Yeah. It's real, real strange, but, um, I, I just like being in hardcore, like, so, um, like my early days of hardcore, like we had like MySpace and, um, things weren't so, um, like immediate, like there was like the bulletin board or whatever. Um, but it's like, wasn't like instant, like, uh, Twitter is. So I don't know. Um, or maybe like I was like just young and naive back then because, I just loved like, well, I still love hardcore, but, but back then like hardcore was just amazing in every aspect in my eyes back then. But, um, you know, you've been around as long as I have, you, you see some things that you're not really into and kind of, um, people could get jaded. Yeah. I mean, all that stuff to whatever, think as long as you surround yourself with the kind of people you want to be around that the rest of that shit doesn't really matter, you know? I care, I care about my friends and I care about what me and my friends do. I don't, I don't really, I'm not concerned about whatever it is people are on the internet whining about. I, um, so this Sunday, um, in Philly, they're having like a unity barbecue with like all, um, or maybe not all, but like a lot of like the local bands like getting together and putting on a show. Um, have, have you seen that flyer yeah. f- floating around? Yeah, yeah, I have. I, I think that's like a really cool concept. Um, you know, just like kind of strengthening um, the ties between all the local people and like you know having like the scene grow. Um, like in LA a couple weeks ago, um, the guys in SOS booking put on a show called this is LA. Um, and it was like a cool charity event. It was free. It was like a ton of bands, um, that were from the LA area, um, came out and put on like a crazy show. Um, I think it's awesome when scenes, um, can come together and do things like that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's the goal is to have everybody on the same page, but unfortunately I just can't happen everywhere. You know, just some people just won't let it happen. There's um like an annual down to nothing Christmas show, right? Yeah. I think that, I, I think that's awesome. I feel like that's something like I would love to look forward to every year if I was from Richmond. Yeah. I mean, that's sick. They do it every year. Uh, they always have a cool lineup. They always have like, I don't know. They always have cool props and like a stage set up. They have, it's, 
throwing presents around and shit like that. Like this past year, they had like presents on the stage and they were throwing, they were throwing them into the crowd and there was like t-shirts and stuff inside the boxes. That's crazy. Like, do you know if they were like down to nothing t-shirts or were they just like random t-shirts? I want to say that some of it was probably, I didn't catch any of it, but I want to say that some of it was probably just like random stuff. Okay. Still, that's so crazy that somebody took the time to wrap these presents and then they get thrown into the crowd. I think that's cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's always it's always a good time of the year. It's always a fun show. It's never not been fun. Do, do they always have it at the same venue? Uh, I think the past few years they've had it at this place called the Broadberries. <clears throat> and then prior to the Broadberry... Uh, they had it once at Strange Matter, and then when Kingdom was still the venue, it was typically at Kingdom, I think, but yeah, for the most part, for the past few years, it's just been at the Broadberry. Okay. I've never been there, so I'll, I'm, I'm going to pretend like I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Uh, I feel like I was, um, well, I'm always in Disneyland, but the other day there's this kid, um, he walks into the magic shop and he's wearing a Santa hat and I was a little thrown off because the time of year that it is and we don't typically see Santa hats that often and I asked him like why he was wearing it and he literally didn't say anything. He just looked at me and walked away. Yeah, I mean... I don't know, man. Wrong season. I don't know. Maybe he's excited. He's prepping early. I guess. Because I, I know people like to do the um, Christmas in July, which I, I don't even understand that either. But um, it was just, yeah, it was just so strange. But um, have you ever played like a um, like a WoW type game, Final Fantasy fourteen, Rifts or anything like that? Uh... I don't think so. <laughs> like nothing that comes to mind. Okay. Well, I'm into like stupid, um, like RPGs and I'm a sucker for, um, like stupid accessories that they, they'll do. They'll do like, you know, special, um, holiday accessories. And I, for some weird reason, I was always, um, uh, drawn to the stupid Santa hat. Um, and I just never really understood why. Cause like Christmas is like, like cool like i'm not like a a grump i don't hate christmas and uh, but i don't know why I, I just like in video games and not even in real life like real life i won't wear a santa hat but in video games like if there's a santa hat accessory available like i'll put it on 100 percent. yeah i mean fuck it why not yeah i don't know now i'm just going off on weird santa hat tangents um which <laughs> Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. But anyways, um, outsider, um, you said next month, maybe we'll get a teaser. Um, maybe can you, uh, tell us the name of the seven inch coming out breaking news or you're going to keep that under wraps. Uh, I don't think I have to keep anything under wraps, but I don't, I'm really, I don't think we have like a set title yet. I think we're, I think we have an idea, but I don't want to. I don't want to confirm because I'm not sure if that's what we're gonna go with. But uh, 
Yeah, we should have. I'd say we are going to have some tracks out within the next few weeks, maybe. Uh, whole record should be coming out in July. It'll be out on Flat Spot Records. Oh, whoa. Okay, I was going to ask you if there was any record label interest. Um, is this, Am I just out of the loop, or is this breaking news? No, it's, uh, we've been working with them since the demo. They hit us up a little bit after we dropped our demo, and we've pretty much been working with them since then. I mean, I can't say enough good things about them. They've been nothing but helpful for us, you know? That's awesome. Hell yeah. Um, Flat Spot Records. Yeah, they, they definitely put out some awesome bands. Yeah, I mean, they're doing doing a lot of cool stuff right now. They're doing, what do they got? Hand of God, Section Hate, Hangman, Higher Power. They're doing all kinds of cool stuff. And what's the relationship there? How did you guys link up with Flat Spot? Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say... Ricky just hit up a friend of ours and asked him what the deal was, like who we were or what, I mean, who we were and stuff like that. And, you know, a few, like a week or two later after the demo, we're talking to him and they put a tape out for us. And pretty much it from there. They were just interested in the demo and they reached out to us and here we are now. That's awesome. Shout out Flat Spot Records, Hands of God, Section Hate. I love bands from California. Getting love. It's awesome. Yeah, it's sick. All right. Tell people where they can find you, where they can find Outsider. Uh, I mean, if you want to find me personally, uh, my Instagram is just Jamie X Davis. Same thing for Twitter. Outsider's Instagram is Outsider RVA. Uh, that's probably what Twitter is. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Uh, we got Facebook. Oh, really Facebook. Know. We're not really doing a whole lot with Facebook. I don't really, I feel like Facebook's kind of useless nowadays. So, uh, but we got one if you want to go. See us on there. Go poke you guys on Facebook. You poke us, we might poke you back. We might not, who knows? <laughs> For sure. That's awesome. I'll link all of that in the show notes so people can find you um, pretty easily so that they won't have to do too much of a search. Cool. Well, this has um, been fun. I, I feel like I could just uh, talk your off about random stuff all day. Um, is there anything you want to say before we wrap this up? Uh, thank you for reaching out to me to do this. This is cool. I mean, I think podcasts are pretty great form for media right now. And it's sick that you're doing this. You're talking to smaller bands and trying to push them a little bit. I think that's sick. Uh, I don't know. Shout out Red Vision, Downfall, Combust, Reaction. All my friends. Awesome. Hell yeah. Uh, love Richmond hardcore. Um, been a fan of that scene for a long time. So happy that you're willing to come on. Um, it's much appreciated. Um, Outsiders 
awesome and i can't wait to hear the new music um next month or the new tracks next month and then the full record um hopefully towards the end of summer yeah man looking forward to it all right well there there it is um this has been another episode of the jamie rk podcast always on top